sometimes you have to ask for what you want, right? Because if you don't ask for what you want, you might never get that. The biggest mansion parties, literally like just like Project that out here in Miami. And they called me in again. When they called me in the second time, I'm like, oh, it's, you know, it's, it's time. It's time, right? <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. I sit down and they break the news to me and I'm like, you know, yeah. like I was so angry, man. That wow. changed everything. Really? Everything. You hear that night? Bro, I'm having flashbacks right now. I was standing right here on the stage. Something about those Toronto guys. Okay. <laughs> Come on, don't ask me any questions, bro. Why don't I even type that? Who approved these questions? <laughs> Welcome back to the MBH podcast, Money Buys Happiness. Guys, before we get into it, you know what to do. Subscribe to the channel if you're not already subscribed. Leave a comment, share the video, like if you're listening. Five stars on Apple, five stars on Spotify, okay? I remember the listeners this time. See, you're getting better. Guys, <clears throat> we're in probably my favorite place in the entire world. Okay? On earth. On earth, the best place on earth. Ernesto, where are we? Who are we with, bro? Guys, this one hits home right now, all right? Some great times in this establishment. <laughs> oh, yeah. We got Nick Steven with us. What's up, my man? Happy to be here. Happy to be here. Big moment for me right now. Come on. Big moment. First podcast, by the way. Oh, is first it? One? I've done interviews and that type of stuff, but yeah. first podcast. So, okay. big moment. We're popping your cherry today. Oh, yeah. All right. You are the general, ma general manager here? Incorrect. Incorrect. No. Incorrect. In management, VIP management. VIP okay. management. Yeah. Okay. That's even better, though. Yeah. Right? I get to so deal with you guys. You know, There you go. Guys. You're dealing with the yes. stars, right? Um. For anyone listening or watching who doesn't know you or, or know what you do, maybe a little introduction as to who you are. Uh, so 33 years old, born and raised in Miami. Uh, I like to call myself a hospitality professional. You know, 11 is my full-time you know, gig and a festival business part-time and now a restaurant owner. Nice. Congratulations. Yes, That's congrats. the reason we're going to get you, into that. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, let's take it back a little bit. You said you're 33. Correct. 33 years old. Um, so let's take it back to maybe when you were a teenager. What did you want to do with your life? And we'll start from there. So I, I was a club kid growing up. Um, okay. I got into the whole nightlife thing when I was 16. Okay. I literally grew up right here on 11th Street. Yeah. Okay. Uh, throwing the whole all age parties, house parties. Yeah. Um, and then when I graduated high school was when I realized that hospitality was what I wanted to do for the for the rest of my life. Yeah. Okay. And then I started working here at 11 when I was about 23. Okay. Uh, been here now going on, you know, 10 years, day one. Yeah. Um, and it's been a life-changing experience. You know, I've met a lot of great people uh, in the 10 years that I've been here. Yeah. Uh, and I've been able to use the 11 platform, right, to uh, to do a lot of other great things outside yes. of 11. Was there, was there a, a moment where you fell in love with hospitality? Do you remember a certain moment? Yes, yes. That was, um, that was my junior year in high school. Okay. Um, you know, being able to be your own boss, access to, to fast cash, and just being in that environment where you get to provide fun and seeing, you know, the, the smiles on people's faces. That's when I realized that this is what I wanted to do forever. Yeah. So it was club promoting first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Club promoting first. Yeah. Uh, you know, renting out clubs you yes. know, at the ages of 16, 17, 18. Um, doing house parties on the side. And then uh, when I, you know, became 21, it became a little bit more 
of a professional, how would I call it? It became a little bit more, you know, professional because now I'm not, I'm no longer my own boss. I have, you know, people I have to report to, I have to follow certain, you know, rules, guidelines and policies. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's all part of the game. You got to, you got to elevate and you have to change. In terms of, in terms of when you were younger, because I always feel like club promoters are always a certain type of kid growing up. Well, we started as promoters as well. Yeah. Oh, wow. We started okay. in nightlife okay. as well. I didn't know that. So, so, so like growing up, what kind of kid were you? Were you good in school and stuff? Were you kind of a shithead? Because like nah, when I think promoters, I'm like shitheads. No, no, no. I was, I was definitely the biggest shithead. <laughs> yeah. I was the biggest shithead. I hated school. Uh -huh. I got held back, you know, when I was, when I was a little kid. Um, I went to private school all my life. Okay. I got kicked out of private school my freshman year. Oh, nice. Yeah, and then I God. went to public school, and then that's when I got introduced to promoting. Yeah. yeah. Who, who introduced you? Was it a friend, somebody? Like yeah, it was a mutual friend that I had. Um, he went to my same elementary and middle school. Okay. And then he ended up going to my same high school. Nice. And basically him and his group of friends, they were throwing, like, the biggest mansion parties. Like, you ever seen Project X? Yes. Literally, like, just like Project X. Sick. Like, out here in Miami. And I always were like, oh, man, these are, like, the, the, cool, the cool guys, right? And then I was always that kid that was cool with everybody in school, right? With the nerds, with the athletes, with, with everybody. Mm -hmm. And they came looking for me, and they're like, yo, you know, we're throwing this party. Um, it's all ages. If you want to sell some tickets, you, get, you can make some money off of it. And if you sell X amount of tickets, you could attend the party. And I was like, all right, you know, let's run it. And I remember, you know, telling my parents about this. And they're like, there's no way you're going to a club at, at 16. Mm -hmm. And I convinced them to do it. And, you know, here I am. Yeah. And what, did you, what did your parents think about the decision to go harder in nightlife? Because <clears> I remember <throat> having that conversation with my parents as well. And I'm sure he did too. And it wasn't the easiest because, you know, they don't really understand nightlife as a whole. But also, like, the benefits that you're getting from it, right? For example, myself. Like, I knew that I was just meeting more people. And that was enough for me to keep going. I was like, oh, more people know me. They see value in what I offer. That's enough for me to keep going at that point. It was so a network was play. Yeah, it was a network play, right? So how was that conversation for you? Well, my parents were always, like, super supportive of everything that I did. You know, yeah. every phase. You know, as kids, you go through phases. Mm -hmm. yeah. They supported every single phase. And then when it got into the, to the nightlife phase, they, uh, they supported it. But coming closer to me graduating, my, uh, my father was like, Hey, you know, how about you stop, uh, how about you stop doing all this, this nightlife stuff and you, you decide to go to college and, you know, I'll give you, I'll give you guys an allowance and whatnot. And I said, you know what, keep, keep the money. Like I want to do what I want to do and I'm not going to school. Yeah. yeah. So you were a promoter and then I guess you said you turned 21 and you, you were promoting on your own. You didn't work for a company or anything. Yeah. So my best friend was a DJ at okay. the time okay. and his music manager was a, a well-known nightlife guy on South Beach. Okay. And he gave me my first job on the beach when yes. I turned 21. And that was at Amnesia, okay. which was the old story. So it was Amnesia. Yes. Then it became, to, became story. So I worked at Amnesia and a, a bunch of other clubs uh, on the beach. Okay. And then you said you've been here for 10 years. So is that since Correct. opening? 10 years. Okay. How did that come to be? And what was that like? Because I mean, now 11 is a staple. I mean, I, I'm not even going to say just Miami worldwide. <clears throat> mm -hmm. It's number nine, right? Listed number nine. So it's, it's number nine in the whole world. Yes. And it's number two in the States. Okay. Wow. Now, number one's in Vegas, something like that. It's yeah. Number one is in Vegas. So when you i mean yeah it's just tell me kind of how you got into this how you kind of found your way to 11. so it was never planned okay it was never planned um i was actually out at a club on the beach and 
I met some, I met this guy at the bar, uh, me and my partner at the time, and we started talking, this, this, and that. He was telling me, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm here, I'm from Chicago. My, my boss is opening a club in Miami. Okay. And he kept it at that. He didn't tell me too much the first time that we met. We stayed in touch. Then next thing you know, he starts coming down to Miami a lot more often, you know, doing his market research. And I would say about like the third time that we were hanging out, he gave me the full blueprint of what 11 was going to be. Okay. And, you know, me being from Miami, when he told me that they were going to open up a three-story, 24-7 ultra club in the middle of downtown, I was like in my head, obviously I didn't say this. I was like, these guys are fucking nuts. Yeah. 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 You got to be fucking nuts though to do something like this in a Absolutely. good way, right? You got to be crazy, yeah, right? 100%. And I guess at that point too, when you're going through those motions, was there anyone in nightlife that inspired you at that time? Any sort yeah. of person you looked up to and you're like, you know what? Yeah. I'd love to model my career after. Thousand percent. You know, I always, I always uh, grew up like really admiring, you know, the the Tao groups, the the Dave Grutmans, all of those guys. Those yeah. were the guys I wanted to be when I was when I was older. Thousand percent. Yeah. And okay, so you start in eleven. And what was your first job here? My first job was a host. As a host, okay. Yeah. So just kind of like break that down for someone who doesn't know what a, what a I host was just an entry level host. Okay. You know, I came in here hosting, doing the basics, one on one stuff. Yeah. And then little by little, you know, I worked my way up to where I'm at now. Yeah. I, I want to know because you were saying it sounds fucking crazy. Like when they're like, hey, three story ultra club in downtown Miami. Again, I think a lot of people don't understand <clears throat> Miami 10 years ago was nowhere close to what it is today. Oh, no, absolutely not. Like, this neighborhood was was known for two things, and that was Gold Rush, which was a, an iconic Miami strip club yeah. that was here before Eleven was here, and then Club Space across the street. Yes. And then, you know, if you walked right over the railroad tracks, you're going to get rocked. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's yeah, not exactly. like that anymore. Uh -huh. But that's why when they gave me the blueprint, and mind you, this wasn't 10 years ago. This was more like 11 and a half years ago. Okay. Yeah. I'm like, okay. these guys are... There's no way. There's uh -huh. no way it's going to work. And nobody thought it was going to work. For like, sure. Nobody from, from, the, from the industry in Miami or anywhere in the world thought that Eleven was going to be successful. Yeah. Yeah, especially to the extent that it is now. But I'm curious what... Uh, so you're like, you were here from day one, opening day. So what was that like in comparison to now? Because now it's like you can't even get a table unless they know you. Man... The level up is has been insane. You know, we talk about it all the time. Like we usually have these conversations like after like the big weekends, like the yeah. Art Basels, New Year's Eve, Miami Music Week, and yeah. we just like, you know, after everything's said and done, we'll be at the bar having a beer, talking about man, can you can you believe how things have changed? Yes. It's what do you a, what do you think made it so different than other clubs? It's a unique experience. You know, you can't go anywhere in the world and get the experience that Eleven has to offer. Yeah. Nowhere. Yeah. Why, why, why do you think no one's been able to replicate that? Because I feel like even in Toronto, I know that they, they've tried a couple times different spots, but no one can seem to really nail it down the same way. Why, why do you think that is? It's, it's funny because like I, I go to places, I went to a club just like two weeks ago. I'm not going to throw the name out there, but they were, they were doing stuff that we do here, like with the theatrics, yeah. like the Circus Soleil shows and all that. Yeah. And it's flattering to see like other brands trying to copy what we do. 100%. But it's it's hard to to replicate it because it all comes down to the licensing, mm. right? It's hard to find licensing where they're going to give you twenty four seven, you know, liquor, food, nudity, all that. Yes, it's it's it's, it's almost impossible. Okay, yeah. okay, it and makes then, sense. Yeah, yeah. And then as I guess as a promoter coming into that space, and now you're you're a host, new venue. What kind of things did you learn about hospitality at that point that you're bringing into eleven? 
Oh man, I literally I learned everything being here because it's very different from being a promoter and then working at a club where you know your suit and tie earpiece you have a legitimate schedule yeah and it's no longer about just bringing girls and 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 selling tables it's much more than that but i learned so much man time management networking so so many things yeah how how are you achieving let's say that balance of of like not getting lost in the sauce we like to say because (laughs) me and him like i said we come from a nightlife background um and you know what's happened to us in the past where we find ourselves getting lost in this fake world yeah how have you been able to balance? I'm sure you've matured as time went on as well. Oh, absolutely. Right. Yeah, but at the absolutely. beginning, how are you finding that? Was there times where it was hard for you? So you're a creator and you've decided to step into the wonderful world of OnlyFans. Listen, good luck to you. However, we know it's not always rainbows and sunshine. All right. When you step into that kind of industry, that kind of world, you want to get involved there. You got to make sure your back is covered legally. There are a lot of slimy people in the industry. Got to make sure you're checked out and all the boxes are checked correctly. Enter OnlyFirm. These guys are the real deal when it comes to legal support for OnlyFans models. Picture this, an experienced team of individuals who know the industry like the back of their hand. We got the three C's, all right? Content protection, they got you covered. Contracts, they got you covered. Copyright registration, they got you covered. And here's the kicker, okay? They're not just some cookie cutter law firm. They pretend they know what they're doing, this and that, no. They understand all the unique challenges as an OnlyFans creator. So leave the legal headaches behind, okay? With OnlyFirm on your team, get back to doing what you do best, creating content for your fans, make sure they keep coming back and they'll take care of everything on the legal side. So do yourself a favor, check out their Instagram page at the OnlyFans Lawyer and shoot them a DM with any questions. You'll thank me later. And for any more information on their services, check out www.onlyfirm.com. All right, let's get back to this episode. Uh, yeah, of course, of course. There's still times where it's hard, where you're like, fuck, you know, I want to go back to my old ways, right? But, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm past that. It's more of a business now for me. Mm-hmm. And I think growing up a club kid, right, and doing all the crazy stuff at a young age, yeah. right, the sleepless nights, the drinking, all that stuff, doing it at such a young age, now that I'm 33, it's like, I've been there, done that. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. Like I still know how to. I still know how to have a good time. Yeah. And be a professional at the same time. Yeah. Right. Yep. And that's important because a lot of people don't have that. Yeah. You know, a lot of people, you know, they have one, two drinks, and they're useless. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> they're useless. Like, yeah. Yo, answer your fucking radio. Yeah. Where you at? Right. Yeah. But me, I'm. I'm not. I'm not that guy. Right. I yeah. could. I could be here with you guys. You know, drinking eleven vodka, having a good time, and I could still be productive at the same time. Yes. That, that's just years of experience being yeah. in this space, right? I'm curious, um, I, I kind of, what points do you like level up? So you say you started off as just a regular host and then kind of what's the progression from there? So the progression was it, it, it happened right at my one year mark. Okay, cool. Right. Um, it's, it's always important to, to know your worth, right? And you have to ask, sometimes you have to ask for what you want, right? Because if you don't ask for what you want, you might never get that, yeah. right? You might be deserving of it, but your superiors, the owners of the establishment that you work at, they're not waking up every day like, hey, you know what? We need to give Anthony and Ernesto a, a pay raise today, right? They might know that you deserve that pay raise, but by you not saying anything, they might think that you're happy where you're at yep. and they'll leave it like that for as long as they can. Of course. So it was at my one year mark where... um my my father was like hey are you gonna have your 
one year evaluation. And I'm like, like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> yeah. Right. Like I never had, you know, a, a real job. I always worked for myself. And he goes, yeah, you should ask for, for an evaluation. You know, they're always telling you how such a you know, great job you're doing. So I, I, I decided, you know what, I'm going to send this email, sent the email out, you know, to all my superiors, the owners of the club. And I told them, I go, look, you know, I know what I bring to the table. You guys tell me all the time, you know, how much of a good job I'm doing. I feel like I deserve to to hit that next step in my career with you guys. For sure. And shortly after that, I got a promotion and the promotion was to executive host, which is basically a supervisor okay. of the host department. Cool. Cool. Yeah. Managing people pretty much. At that yeah. Point. I was in management already right yes. when I got that promotion, yes. but I wasn't a manager. I was a supervisor. Yes. Okay. And what's that been like managing people? Because like you said, on you know, entrepreneur work for yourself your whole life type mm -hmm. of thing. And now you're managing a team of this like massive establishment. So what was that transition like for you? The transition is it's it was a big transition because you go from focusing on yourself so much, right? Making sure you look good, making sure you're performing good. And then now you go into this management position where you have to take a lot of focus off yourself and put focus into others. Mm -hmm. And it's all about developing, right? Cause you could be uh you could be a good, a hell of a host, you know, a hell of hell of a podcaster, but how good are you if you can't develop the next people that are in line? Yes, exactly. That's what it's all about. And and I'm curious, like you, you speak about the ownership, reaching out to them and and uh, you know, asking for your raise or whatever that situation was. I want to speak a little bit to the ownership. I'm, I'm not like I know some people obviously may know who the owners are, some may not. So, just speak to us about the team that kind of leads this this development and 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 this place and and what they've been able to do and kind of your relationship with them. Well, my my relationship with them started before Eleven opened up. Okay, right. So I kind of did have a little bit of an advantage because cool. I got to meet. I got to meet two guys who have worked for the owners for, man, 20 plus years. Okay. And I really owe it all to them because if it wasn't for these guys, like I would have never, I would have never been here. Okay. And the one thing I must say is I've always had a very close relationship with, uh, with the, with all my superiors that I report to and with the owners. Um, and I think it's important no matter, no matter what line of work you're in, it's always important for you to have a good close relationship to your bosses um and you should be able to you know to pull them to the side at any given moment and talk to them about whatever you need to talk to talk yeah. to them about yeah, yeah i agree i agree i think it's important and again if you're if you're trying to like level up into that you know it, just growing your role and your position and, and, and growing within an establishment yeah you, you got to make that you like you got to make the time to figure it out I, I know i feel like a lot of people who um are working their way up in in a job in a position always expect kind of let's say the owners or their superiors to be the ones to make that sort of a, a jump to like you know create some sort of relationship but i believe it kind of should be the other way around if if you want to continue growing within the establishment so yeah i think i i totally agree with you you kind of got to Take that step. A thousand percent. And don't get me wrong. Like when my dad was like, you know, you should send an email and ask for a meeting. I'm like, man, fuck, you know, like that's <laughs> a big email to send. Yeah. Right. Like, hey, I want, I'm calling a meeting with you guys. It's usually the other way around. Yeah. Uh, but once, you know, once I broke that barrier, then it was easy after that. There's a respect factor. Yeah. They probably Absolutely. They're going to a hundred percent. And again, doesn't matter what, what type of job you're in, what your profession is, the fact that you, that you have enough courage and enough confidence to, you know, put it all on the table. And be like, hey, you know, I know my worth. This is what I want. You know, to, if I don't, if I don't, 
if you feel like, you know, I don't deserve this, please tell me why so I could work on it. Yes. So eventually I could get to where I want to be. Yeah. yeah and as, as an owner or, or the superiors they are looking at you saying, fuck, this guy wants to grow here. A thousand like percent. It, yeah. it's, it, there's, there, now there's, now there's incentive for them to say, yeah, let's, let's, let's work with this kid, you know? Yeah. Let's, and I, I, I also him. set the bar very high, mm-hmm. you know, when I, I still had to go through an interview process, even though, you know, I, I met everybody before I worked here and I told them off rip, I go, look, I'm coming in here because I want to own a club one day. I'm not, I'm not a clock in clock out type of guy. This is what I do for a living. This is my career. And I take it very serious. And, and I think by putting, putting it all out there from the jump, they already knew what I was about. And then that, that establishes, you know, a strong connection between both of us. And, and I think an important thing too, and, and you just said this is like having, you know, having purpose behind what you're doing. So you went in and said, Hey, I'm looking to own a club one day. So I want to be in the place where I can learn how to do that and do it well. I think a lot of people step into jobs and they look solely at the money, right? In cruise control. In cruise the control. No they intention. just kind of get comfortable. Exactly. And the intention's not there, right? So, so I, you wanted to own clubs. From the goal. Always since high goal. school. Yeah. Since high school. And yeah. still to this day. Oh, to this day. Absolutely. Do you think that, and I'm not sure how it works, but do you think that you'd ever be a partner here at 11? Yeah, I hope so. I hope so. I hope so. I hope so. Yeah, yeah. I got my computer with me. I'll do it after. Right? Um, so I guess at that point, so you wanted to be a club owner. You keep moving up the ranks, right? When does the next level up happen? The next level up happened, um, I would say about three years after that. Okay. Okay. And a, a, a big part in like my, my story, my history, like with 11 working here was that I actually got passed up on management, management positions two times wow. before getting to VIP management. Yeah. And I remember when that happened, you know, it, 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 hit, it hit hard the first time that I got passed up. And, you know, the partnership, they called me into their office for a meeting and that made me respect them a hundred times more by them sitting me down and telling me like, Hey, we're going to promote somebody right now, but it's not going to be you. Mm-hmm. Right. Cause they didn't have to do that. They could have just promoted this person and, and, this, yep. and just left me thinking. Yep. Right. But the fact that they did that, I'm like, you know what? These are good people. Yeah. True. Cause a lot of people don't, don't operate that way. Right? 100%. And then I would say shortly after that, maybe like a year after um, they promoted a second person. And they called me in again. Okay. And I'm not going to lie. When they called me in the second time, I'm like, oh, it's, you know, it's, it's time. It's time, right? <laughs> yeah, like, I'm, yeah. I'm fixing my collar. Yeah, yeah. Right? Like, I'm fixing my tie. And then I sit down and they, and they break the news to me. And I'm like, I'm like, what? Fuck. You know, yeah. like, I was so angry. Yeah. And I, it's funny because we still talk about it to this day sometimes. One of, the, one of the partners told me, he goes, I felt like you were going 100 miles per hour. But lately, you've been on cruise control. Mm. And therefore we're not promoting you to be the next manager. And I remember walking out of the office and that little voice was like playing in my head, like telling me I was on cruise control. And I said, you know what? This is the last time I get passed up on this, on this promotion. And the next time they were doing promotions, you know, I, it was, it was my turn. Yeah. Why do you think, why do you think that you went into that cruise control phase? Was it the first time they, they kind of not promoted you? Well, it was the second time. But I'm saying the first time did it <clears throat> make you go into cruise control after that? I think so. I think yeah. I think falling into a comfort zone is normal. Yes. You know, when you're when you're growing in your profession, mm-hmm. um, you get comfortable, you know, in, in the setting and then you kind of forget all the things that you did to get to where you're currently at. Yeah. Yep. 
it's true and then and then but you get that though you kind of get knocked on your ass you're like fuck but you know i'm glad i got knocked on my ass yeah because if i didn't get knocked on my ass then who knows maybe i would have got passed up a third time and shit would have gone way worse yeah Yeah. so the third time you got you got the promotion i got it and and is your current role yeah vip manages my current role okay so explain maybe what that role entails you know, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I provide fun, you know, full yeah. time. That's what I'm doing. What a job. Yeah, right? like but I you're get dealing to, with the celebrities a lot as well. I'm, I'm getting to deal with the celebrities, the athletes, anybody of importance. And I'm getting to deal with people that are not, not, not important like yeah. that. Right. Like yeah. I'm getting to deal with the average person that's just coming here to have a good time. And I love that. You know, I love, I love being able to, to have a conversation with you guys and then to be able to go have a conversation with the bathroom attendants yep. and still have a good time. Right. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. I, I treat everybody the same. I always say this, like I treat everybody the same with the same amount of respect. Yeah. And I feel like that's what has made me successful in my field. Yeah. yeah. Because yeah. I think even the role that you're in as a business owner, I would say, okay, in that role, we need someone that's pretty much irreplaceable. Someone with value that's irreplaceable. So why do you think that you're irreplaceable in the role that you're in? Why do I think I'm replaceable? You're irreplaceable. Well, everybody's replaceable. Let's get that yes, straight. But to right? an extent, like, right? Like there's people like you wouldn't want to go and replace. Yeah. It's yeah. Gonna, every, it's everybody's replaceable. You know, I could, I could be replaced tomorrow, right? Yeah. I say one bad thing on this podcast, I get, I get fired, right? <laughs> like I'm replaceable. Everybody's replaceable. But it wouldn't be, it wouldn't be the same. Like not everybody's going to do it the same way that you do it. Not everyone's yeah. going to do it the same way that I do it. Yeah. Um, and it's all, it, it really all comes down to, to passion. Like I'm so passionate about what I do. Yeah. It's hard to find people that are passionate about what they do. Of I think, I think what you said earlier though, is like important. And I think people should take that and, and, and use it in terms of life, like treating everybody the same yep. bathroom attendant, treat them the same way you would treat a celebrity. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think like if people operated in their life with that mentality, people would be a lot further. And I think that's a, a big reason why a lot of people don't ever get to the place that they want to. Maybe they have the skill, the skill set or whatever the case may be. But it's that mentality of saying like, hey, I treat everybody the same, bro. I don't care if you're making 50 million a year on the Chiefs or you're fucking you're making 30,000 a year. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. What? And I feel like nightlife taught us that for sure. Of course. Well, it's easy to go the opposite direction where your head blows up and you think you're this this huge guy and then you start treating people differently right which yeah. we see that we see that more of and, and that's all stuff that i learned from being here yes yeah. right? yes yes because don't get me wrong like in my first few years working here you know i i, I come across you know the client that's spending you know twenty thousand dollars and i'm giving them all my attention but then the guys that are next to them you know just buying one or two bottles i'm i'm ignoring yeah and then you know luckily i have a great team around me that that teach me you know right from wrong and they, you know, they taught me like, hey, you know what? You got to give everybody, you know, the same amount of attention. You know, you can't make people feel like, imagine, you know, you're here, of course. you're buying two bottles and then people next to you are splurging and nobody's paying you any mind. Yeah. And we're all focused on these people. You're not going to feel so good about yourself. Of course. Right? So that's what also time management comes into play. Mm-hmm. Right. There you go. Saying like, hey, and okay, I, cool. We got to yeah. split that time. Make sure but yeah. everybody's kind of feeling, feeling like they're being attended to, to some extent. Yeah. And then, and then also, you know, like starting off you know, in the business, you know, you come across a celebrity and automatically like the first thing you want to do is take a picture. Yeah. Fanboy. That's, that's yes. the yes. first yes. thing you want to do, right? Yes. And we like to call that doing too much. Yeah. Right. <laughs> nice. And nice. No exaggeration. Like I was that guy at one point, right? Uh-huh. Like any athlete, any rapper, any celebrity, any influencer that, that I met and I took care of, you know, right before they leave, yo, yo, can we take a picture? Right. Mm-hmm. And I got the pics. Cool. No problem. Yeah. But as I matured in this business, 
it was no longer about the picture. Yeah, right? yes. it was more about just building a relationship. The experience. Right? Yeah, I rather build that relationship. And those pictures come organically further yep. down the line. Facts. And I think hospitality wise, I think that when the celebrities come, they don't want to take they don't want that. Stuff. Yeah, they, they don't want that. Out. And I and I say that all the time, you know, to to, to my team when we're, we're in meetings, like, don't do too much when you're dealing with, you know, people of importance like that, because they're so used to yes. people in the outside world, you know, doing too much, right? Like, oh, do you need this? Do you need that? Let's yeah. take a picture. You know, anything yeah. you need, I got you, right? Yeah. Like, they could get whatever they need. They're famous, of right? They have endless money, yep. right? So they they connect more with people that just treat them like everybody else. It's crazy, you, it's you know, true, for, though. for people watching this, they're like, there's no way, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. But it, it really is that You'll way. stand out more to them if you're just being regular, like being a normal yeah, person. Yeah, just a classic, like, oh, I got you, bro. Let me know if you need anything. Right? You, gotta, you gotta play cool, man. Smooth yes. and professional. Of yeah. course, yes. and even something too, where it's like, like you said, you're treating everyone the same, right? Like you don't know if that person only buying one bottle is gonna be back next week spending the 20,000. You don't know if that busboy is going to end up owning a club in 10 years. You never right? know like, who you never people know. are. Yes. That's something else I learned from working here. You can't, you can't judge a book by its cover. Yep. Mm -hmm. right? Which happens a lot in nightlife. You obviously. cannot judge a book by its cover. You never yeah. know who people are. Yeah. Do you remember um, like your first big celebrity encounter of like someone you had to take care of when you first got the role? Uh, my first, uh, my first big celebrity encounter, man, not to sound like cocky or anything, but it's been so many that it's yeah, like no, it's I, hard, I, I, it's every it's day hard to, to remember like which was the the first big one. Yeah. Um I honestly can't. Yeah. I honestly can't really. But you have regulars that come one. here like Rick Ross, like the oh, yeah. those names. They're they're here every week, almost every other All week. All the time. Yeah. All the time. I'm I'm curious in terms of um you know the 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 lead up from again what maybe year one or two looked like here in comparison to now. Like when it, it, at what year in terms of from opening till now, did it really start get pop? Did it start to get popping? Because now it's like, bro, it's insane now. It was when your boy performed here, Drake. Yeah, <laughs> changed everything. Twenty fourteen, eh? man, that wow. changed everything. Really, okay. everything. You I still, that night, I, bro. I'm having flashbacks right now. I was yeah. I was standing right here on the stage, uh -huh. New Year's Eve, watching him do the countdown on this stage right here. Wow. And when he performed we had a line of people wanting to perform it. It was hard to, to book talent before we had Drake. Really? The biggest name we had before Drake was Usher. Okay. You know, Usher, you know, household name. Come of course. on, it's Usher. Huge. You know, timeless hits. Yeah. Still huge, but past his prime, you could say. Yes. And when we when we got Drake, nobody nobody could believe it. Like, when, we, when the owners announced it, the staff was like, what the hell? We got Drake? Damn. Right? So when yeah. we had Drake, that's it, man. Everything changed from that point. Sick. And we so, had him multiple times after that. Too. Yeah. yeah, of course. He probably had a blast. He's like, I'm coming right back. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So it took a Toronto boy to get it popping in Miami, eh? Yeah, something about those Toronto guys. <laughs> okay. I like that. <laughs> something like about that. those Toronto guys. And then even on another note, like say personal, personal life-wise, right? You're a father now? Correct. When did that happen? Oh, man, that happened uh, two and a half years ago. Congratulations. Congrats. Thank you, man. Life-changing. Of course. Have kids one day. Best thing ever. Oh, yeah. We're, we're yeah. both, I think. We're working on it. Working on it. How did that First of all, were you ever worried about still being in nightlife and trying to be a father as well? Because of two different worlds? I mean, I always wanted to be a father. I always knew, you know, one day I wanted to have, you know, a big, big family, beautiful wife and all that. Um, I didn't plan, plan, you know, like, hey, I'm going to be a father by this age. Okay. I did plan to have, you know, a child, mm -hmm. which is great, you know, you know, instead of being unexpected, like, oh, you're going to be a father. Yeah. Right? Uh, but honestly, it's made me better at everything, all aspects of life. And I think, you know, based off my experiences so far, like people respect you more 
you know, when you're a family man. Yep. Because it shows stability. It's yeah, facts. Right? So. And stability and discipline, like, that says a lot about, yeah. you know, that person. It's, it's great for the personal brand, no? No, but it's just, yeah. it's, <laughs> to, to me, it's impressive. I mean, like, like you're in management at one of the top clubs in the world yes. in nightlife. Yeah. Arguably, like, you know, it could be a toxic world if you Absolutely, let it be. Yeah. If you let it be. But then you have so much stability on the other side with the family. What what right? what does a shift what, like? What's what's your like common shift hours look like? Just to give people an idea of like what, how much what, work you're putting in. Yeah, bro. and and the time, wow. the times so, it all kind of happens. Before pandemic, I was working five days a week, 50, 60 hours a week for seven years. <sighs> right. Okay. But don't get me wrong. Like when you when you're doing what you love, yeah. it's it, not work. Yeah, exactly. It's not work. Exactly. So you could you could work five hours, ten hours, it's all the same thing at the end of the day for me. True. Yep. And then once we reopened after the pandemic, um, I started working four days. Okay. So you know, I'm still putting in the work, I'm still putting in the heavy hours, but you know, that one less day, you know, has helped out tremendously, especially, you know, becoming a family man. Yeah, of course. And in terms of like, I mean, which makes sense. And in terms of like what, like again, what what time like what a shift regularly start for you? Um, just depends on the day. Okay. Um, Let's say on your like heavy hitting days, like oh like heavy hitting nights. days. You know, I try as long as you know it works out. You know, let's say it's Art Basel. You know, it's you got to be out there. You got to be networking. You got you have to be seen. It's important for for the brand, for your personal brand, for the eleven brand, for everything. Um, so I try to go out. You know, to one or two events before, whether it's with some clients co-workers people i want to you know meet up at different different spots mm -hmm. yeah. and then i'll be in the club by midnight right okay. and sometimes you know i'll be out of here at six in the morning you know if it's that's considered an early night right? okay. okay if i'm home by six it's like wow you got home early yeah but typical time i'm getting home is seven eight nine a.m yeah fuck i mean yeah. listen like that the the in terms of the, the amount of hours like yeah that, that's a regular that's what someone would call regular i mean shift. i do those hours here and i'm not even working <laughs> <laughs> oh my god it's true I, I almost had to kick you out last time right? but 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 in terms of like being of not like like you mentioned being a father and like that's kind of your work hours like that's got to be tough to some extent and 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 how have you kind of found a way to work around that? Because, dude, it's like, again, it's not like it's like you're working a night shift where you're home at 2 a.m. And maybe you get some sleep and wake up. It's like, like you said, you're getting home 7, 8 a.m. That's crazy. Well, it's about having the right woman by your side. Mm. Right? Yep. And Let's talk about it. Yeah. You got you to gotta, <laughs> gotta have the right woman by your side. You know, a yeah. woman that respects you, loves you, and most important, supports you. Yeah. yeah. Trust your judgment. A hundred percent. Yeah. And, um... Even even on top of that, I know that you you started a new business recently. Yes. Yeah, I started it with my with my with my girlfriend and and her mom, my mother in law. Yeah. Started a little pop up restaurant yep. called Sundays at Nana's. It's right here. Yes. Go. So how did that how did that come yeah. to be? Um, it came to be about almost two years ago. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I had a uh, I had a bad injury. I injured my my knee. Okay. And I was out of work for like three months. Oh. Right. So my my mother in law was at my my house helping out you know i had the newborn at the time and all that and my mother-in-law has always been a chef at home right okay. and every sunday we would go eat at her house it was just like you know Classic, religiously yeah. Yeah. every sunday we're there we're eating whatever she cooks yeah and during the the recovery phase she was at my house all the time making food and just like from one minute to the next i'm like you know we should we should do something with this mm -hmm. right like you make great food you know, with my network, you know, my my knowledge and management, we could put both of these things together and create something something special. Yeah. And you brought it to life. Yeah. So I mean they're, your, they're both your partners on it. 
your yeah. mother-in-law and your, yeah. and your girlfriend. Yeah, they say don't mix, you know, business with family, but I rolled the dice on that one. So. Yeah. yeah. So That's you true. launched that yesterday? Literally yesterday. I brought my bag with me. I'm going. I'm going. I saw to you the in ki the kitchen though. I <laughs> yeah. You in I there. was in the kitchen yesterday on three hours of sleep from you know the night before, uh, putting orders out. Um, got home, rested a little bit, took my my kids to school and now I'm here, you know, filming this podcast with you guys. And then yeah. I'm going to switch my clothing and go back to the kitchen. So, so you say, you say <laughs> nonstop. Yeah. You say pop-up, pop-up restaurant. Explain that. Yeah. So pop-up, uh, means that, you know, it's not open every day. Okay. We're only open Sundays through Wednesdays for okay. now. Cool. And we're operating out of a ghost kitchen. Cool. So uh ghost kitchen is basically commercial kitchen space where it's delivery service only. Okay. So we're available, you know, Uber Eats, Postmates, Grubhub, DoorDash, all of that. Cool. And the reason we took that path was because I attempted to open up two other restaurants in the last 10 years. Oh, okay. Right. And they ended up not happening. The most recent one was because of the pandemic. And the one before that, you know, it was just bad timing. I wasn't ready for it. I was just way in over my head. Mm -hmm. And this time around, I said, you know what? We're going to do this, but we're going to do it a little different. Okay. And we're going to take baby steps. Yeah. And as we, we grow, you know, we're going to put more more stuff on the drawing board. Okay. Well, so you, start, you keep costs low at the beginning as much yeah. as possible. I mean, right now, you know, we're, we're, we're running it just me, my girl, my mother-in-law, and like one helper. And then as the hours extend, as the menu grows, then, you know, the team is going to expand. Yeah. And the idea is potentially to turn it into it's like a brick and mortar, like its own spot. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Franchise? Thousand percent. Yeah. Damn. That'd be, that'd be sick. Thousand percent. How yeah. was the reaction from the first day? Oh, dude. You could just, you could see how powerful your network is when I was watching your story. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And yeah. you just see yeah, so yeah. many people supporting you. Yeah. And uh, that feels good, yeah. right? Knowing that, that people support you. People support me here at 11, right? At a, at a brand that I do, I do not own. Mm -hmm. But then it's even more fulfilling to see them support me for something that I own 100% of. Yeah. 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 And even in terms of, let's say, going back to those two restaurants you tried to open, do you remember like lessons that you learned from those two projects that you're applying now? Oh, yeah, man. A ton, yeah. A ton of lessons. A ton of lessons just from, you know, being organized um, to knowing how to build a business plan. Yeah. Um, to trying to raise money. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. Like legal, legal aspect of things. Right. I was just a young kid, you know, making money, trying to open up a restaurant. And I had no idea what I was doing. The first time around, I was trying to do it with one of my friends who's a, a famous DJ. I'm not going to put his name out there or anything. Okay. But uh, and I was just like, you know, he was going to fund the whole project and I was just going to be the operating partner of it. OK, cool. But, you know, I'm trying to I was trying to buy a restaurant in Winwood, like twenty thousand wow. dollar you know, rent. Uh, lease. Yeah. yeah, I was trying to rent it, not buy it. I'm sorry. And I was like, you know what? I'm just weighing over my head. Like, what am I doing? Yeah. And I, I was always scared of failing. Yeah. And that's another reason why I didn't, I didn't move forward with that project. True. And then even the second project. And then this time around, I said, you know what? If I fail, I fail, but I can't go down without doing it this time. Like, yeah. I, wouldn't, I, I wouldn't be able to sleep at night knowing that I was too scared to do something. Yes. Right? So I said, you know what, fuck this. We're, we're, we're going in. Yeah. And, and I think and I think the back to his thing about again, I saw your story too, just like the support was insane. Mm -hmm. I think that speaks to the kind of guy you are in in, in this building, right? Because obviously I'm sure a lot a lot of that network came from people that you met here. And for them to kind of support you, like you mentioned, outside of here, that just speaks to the host that you are here and how well you take care of people. And I think uh looking at your stories and, and some mutual guys that we know, uh Dude, you're like all over this place, bro. Yeah. 
I don't think I don't think you can walk in here at night and not see you. I don't think you can step into a corner and you're not lurking somewhere helping somebody get something done. Yeah. And and I think it's those things you kind of take now to uh, to the business. But you mentioned it's with your it's with your wife and your mother in law. Correct. Any of you have like <laughs> restaurant, commercial kitchen experience? Zero, or? man. Okay. Zero. Zero. Yes. Zero. Zero. You know, my my girl, you know, she's a stay at home mom, mm-hmm. you know, by choice. You know, we wanted it that way. And my mother-in-law was, you know, she raised kids all her life. And mm-hmm. I, you know, myself, I worked in a kitchen for like three weeks when I was 19 <laughs> and I quit because okay. yeah. of how tough it was. Mm-hmm. And then yesterday, you know, I had my, it was my first day back. And uh, I'm not going to lie, it was not easy at all. For yeah. sure. Yeah. It's a new world. Stepping into different. Totally, it's totally different. different. We had we had a restaurant we opened uh, about three years ago. Yeah, pandemic it during the pandemic as well. But again, we learned. We learned. Whatever restaurant was a fast casual. It was like it was dining. like it was like fast. It was like um, think of like Subway, but like the Italian version. It was like wraps. Really? Like like. It's you funny know, you say that because they're called piadinas. Because when I attempted to do the restaurant the second time, yeah, I was gonna do an Italian deli. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the okay. best. That's what I wanted to do. I'm right? still gonna do that, by the way. Let us um, know. Give us a call. <laughs> yeah, I will. Maybe we partner up and we do it together. I'm down. Yeah, we right? did that. We did that in the that pandemic. Yeah. You know, just was and in Toronto here it was a lot better. Toronto was insane. But sometimes so. it's for the like. Sometimes you feel like you want to open something, but it, it could be for the wrong reason. Sometimes it's like ego too. Where even I felt that in the past, like, oh, I would love to have a huge restaurant, just to have it, like, mm-hmm. just to bring my people here. Just that, so that- and it's funny. You, it's so crazy you just said that because. That was like how I felt back then. Yeah, I just wanted to say like, "Hey, I own something." Yeah, yeah, right? exactly. But I, 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 I wasn't doing my homework on on the side, like all the things that you have to do behind the scenes yeah. to be a successful owner. It's easy to just say I own something. Yeah, right. But I wasn't doing my uh, due diligence. You know, of course, at all. And on the front end, I think that you know you can bring a lot of success to these places because of the network. I think the network is the most important piece as a business. It's owner, all about everything, man. Right? I'm a big relationship guy. Of course. Right? And it's all about having the right relationships. Yeah. And how do you think you've been able to like maintain all of these relationships to the point where, you know, everything's just growing with you? You know, you're not leaving anyone behind. You're not the type of guy that burns bridges. I know that just because we've talked a lot and you don't seem like that at all. Right? So how have you been able to like keep your network growing? Without even being on the ground too much. Sometimes you're just front door making sure. Right. So how have you been able to do that? Man, it's it's different. It just depends on like who 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 you're dealing with. I remember like, you know, my first year, second year here, I didn't have that much, you know, authority here. I couldn't do so much without asking for approval. Mm-hmm. So at times it was, you know, certain people, celebrities, whatever, you know, influencers, people of importance that, that would come that I wanted to take care of them, right? Like I wanted to comp them a bottle or two, but I knew that if I asked for it, maybe it wouldn't have gotten approved. Mm-hmm. So there was times where I was buying these bottles. Wow. Come on. So yeah, on, on everything. I mean, wow. wow. No reason to make this up. And I was buying the bottles and gifting it to them. You know, as, them as a it was comp. A, it was a comp. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Because I knew, I knew it was an investment, right? Yes. And you have, to, you have to invest in yourself, right? Sometimes people don't want to do that. They don't want to spend money. You know, like we're here filming. I paid a camera guy to come take pictures of us right now. Yeah. Like I'm investing in myself. Yeah. Yes. Right. And that was in the early stages. And then when I'm just dealing with guests that are spending money that, you know, these are people that you want to obviously have in your network. It, it, it's funny because it starts off as them being a client. Right. And then from the client, it goes to them being your friend. Mm hmm. And then from your friend, it could go for them being your business partner. Yeah. Yes. And 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 those th- those steps, yeah. just like that. I yeah. think people people sometimes don't believe it. 
they're like, hey, how can this guy go from being client, friend, business partner? They don't realize that that's, that's actually a real natural progression yeah. in a lot of cases. It's the mindset you have in between but, those, but those phases. But you buying fucking yeah. bottles no, on your insane. own dollar yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's is- crazy. And I've never said that. Like, I maybe a few people from here know that, but yeah. nobody, I've never said it to anybody. Yeah. Of course. And I think it's genius. Yeah, yeah it is. You know, yeah. people at the time might be like, bro, what are you doing? Yeah, and there's been times where I even turned down like money, like, you know, pe- guest tip all the time you know yeah. it's 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 part of the business right yeah. like oh thanks for taking care of me you know here's here's a handshake right yes. and there's been times where i don't take the handshake mm-hmm. right because i look at my relationship with that person deeper than money yeah right and and that says a lot to them they might they might not say it right but they know what's yeah. up right yeah and i tell them like no nah, keep the money you know give it to give it to the staff give it to the server give it to the bartender give it to my boy over here but yeah. i don't want the money yeah. and then now not only have you built a even stronger connection they have more respect for you now it's like the guy that you said hey give it to the bartender give it now they're like holy bro this guy just gave me the cash yeah. like yeah. and but but that's but that's long term yeah. thinking though bro that's long-term that's yeah. long term thinking and that's something that's the right in, term yeah and in today's thinking. day bro like it, it's well, everyone I, it's wants a quick fix right now yeah. right they're like okay yeah. if i buy this guy this comp bottle is he going to do something right now for me yeah, yeah. is he going to buy more right. am i going to get better years ahead and it's crazy cuz like you could put years of of work into this relationship, and then one bad move, yep, yeah. will we'll, we'll tear it all down, wipes yes. it all away. And I get people all the time that'll call me, like, "Yo, you think you could call this guy's manager? Yeah, you know, for this new coin, Bitcoin thing, yeah. you know, this crypto Done. stuff, relationship, <laughs> or over. like, yo, I got this product coming out. You know, mm-hmm. I want them to endorse it. Can you call, can you give them a call? Yeah. I'll give you a little cut off of it. Yeah. And I turn it all down. Of yeah. course. I turn it all down because they don't like that stuff. Like they, they have their own management, their own agents and stuff that handle those things. Mm-hmm. And I know unless it's like a monster deal, yeah. it's yeah. not worth pitching it to them because next course. thing you know, they're, they're going to stop replying to you. Well, think yeah. about it. Those guys are getting pitched all the time. And like we said, going back to it, yeah. to stand out with those celebrities, you just, just chill, just be a friend. Yeah. That's what they appreciate yeah. the most, right? Absolutely. Um, is there any other businesses or ventures that you'd want to get into, let's say, in the next few years? Um, yeah, 100%. You know, like I mentioned, I'm in the festival business, so I want yep. to continue to add uh, more festivals. What are you uh, doing in the festival portfolio. world right now? So I'm doing what I do here. Okay. Okay. But in, in, in festivals now. You cool. know, I, I work with uh, a company called Collective Presents and La Familia. Okay. okay. They, they throw the biggest Latin music festivals in Mexico. Cool. And in Chicago as well. Okay. So me and my partner Matul, we have basically built a nightclub inside of a festival. Cool, nice. like a little pop yeah, up, like 60, a- 60 table nightclub inside oh, of a shit, festival. It's, big, oh, it's fucking yeah. huge. And this has been happening for how many years? This year will be the fourth year doing it. Cool. When do you guys do it in Mexico? August. You guys gotta come. I will be there. Yeah, I was gonna say, we love Mexico, bro. That's why I asked. If you like Spanish women, you gotta come out. Fucking black And 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 but you mentioned earlier a club. A club is on your hit list, like owning a club, owning and operating your own club. Um, Do you have like an idea, a certain area you'd want to see it in? Would it be in Miami? Would it be somewhere else? Um, obviously, you know, I'm from Miami, so it has to be in my hometown. Yes. Um, but I have no plans on on opening up my own club, right? Okay. Like I'm a big believer of if it's not broken, don't fix it. Yes. Right. And where I'm at right now is it's far from being broken. Yeah. So why try to fix it? Fair. Why leave something that I why leave somewhere that I put so much time, so much effort. Yeah. I've sacrificed so much, mm-hmm. right? To be where I'm at. And I'm not even at a high place right now. I feel like I'm not even 
getting started yet. Yeah. Right. Like I have so much more gas in the tank. Mm-hmm. Right. So why ruin something that that is so good right yeah. now? Right. Oh, and yeah. Try to open up my own my own place. Right. It's true. I'm good where I'm at. This is my home. Right. I'm not going nowhere. Hell yeah. Thank God. Your hookup now is gone. Wherever you go, you're gonna have to start start paying for shit now. (laughs) Yo, we got some rapid fire questions. Yes, Miami edition. Okay, okay. All right, it'll be a little fun. (laughs) Oh God, we're gonna go back and forth. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Here we go. Go Um, What's the most that you've spent at a club? Nothing. (laughs) (laughs) That's the great thing about building relationships. Sometimes you don't have to pay for shit. Yeah, zero. I've never had a night where you went crazy. Don't get me wrong. You know, I spend money at restaurants and stuff like True. that. And and sometimes I'll even turn down the free the free bill. Yeah. Because next thing you know, now you owe, now you owe people yep, stuff. Yeah, for something. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. And, yeah. and I hate to be that guy where I'm always, you know, using my juice to get free things yep. in return. So yep. I like to pay for things, Sick. honestly. Uh, but I've never spent money at a, at a, at a nightclub. Okay. Legend. I like that. I like that. <laughs> What's your yeah. favorite restaurant in Miami? Giselle. Yeah, yeah. He's telling me I haven't been located yet. on the rooftop here. At so same ownership, right? Yeah, same ownership. We're we have a partnership with another hospitality group. Yeah, um, the restaurant people. Yeah. So it's uh two uh, two hospitality groups that that run it. Eleven and the restaurant people. Cool. I tried it out about a week or two ago. Best food in Miami. I agree. I'm this that's why it's my right that's now. why it's my favorite. Right? It's the only place I haven't been to. Yeah. And it's right upstairs. Eh? No, no, I know. <laughs> hey, listen, but uh, but I, I gotta go because he says the same thing. Best spot. If Eleven could have this same venue in any other city, where would you put it? Man, me personally, or yeah. you personally? Man, I would, I would love to see it in Las Vegas. Yeah, yeah, it only makes sense. I love Vegas. I'll be there for the Super Bowl. We'll I think. Yeah, we're gonna see you there. there. Yeah, we're have a good time. We're gonna, we're gonna hang out. Okay. Is there any other club in the country that's better than Eleven? Come on, don't ask me silly <laughs> questions, bro. Why did you guys even type that? Who approved these questions? <laughs> Who approved this stuff? <laughs> We're just trying to go Who rapid fire. This? Quick, quick. Oh, oh my the God. Cut, the, cut that part <laughs> cut out that of this thing. <laughs> Okay, next one. What is the most important trait to have in order to gain a network? Being personable. Mm. You know, you can't, you can't be afraid to walk in a room with 10 sharks, yeah. right? And be uncomfortable. You have to be personable. You have to be okay with being uncomfortable. Yeah, I agree. Okay, let's do some uh, back and forth here. Okay, I'm going to start here. All right? All right. Okay. It's just going to be one or the other type of thing, right? What do you prefer, clout or wealth? Wealth. Mm, quick, okay. I like it. Yeah. Um, best area in Miami? Best area? Oh, man. I'll say Coconut Grove. Grew up there. Love that area. It's a nice yeah, area. Beautiful area. Okay, best performance at 11 ever? Drake, 2014. Yes. Drizzy. Yeah, best yes. one. Best street food in Miami. Best street food? Oh, man. Street food? I love street food. I would say there's nothing like a downtown hot dog. Yeah, off the cart, right there in the street middle of Street dog, downtown. baby. Come on. I love it. Okay. Best place to take a first date in Miami? Giselle, man. Come on. Yeah, <laughs> you, took one, you took a date there. It, it, looked, like it, 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 it looked like it ended well. I, I hope it did. It wasn't the first date, but it was a, it was did a good date. Did it impress, date. though? Oh, that's 100%. Yeah. Oh, what do you mean? I, I, I was walking out of the office. She was hugging, all, she was hugging him. <laughs> you, you, Clip bro. it. Clip it, baby. It, was, it. it was not PG-13 yeah. either. Like, so, so I think it went well. I think it went well. Clip it. I'm getting exposed right now. Oh. On your own show. What do you think the most underrated venue is in Miami? Most underrated venue? Yeah. When you say venue, you're talking about nightclub, restaurant? It could be nightclub, restaurant, anything. Oh, man. Um, underrated venue. 
I would say my a venue I like to go to right now that's fairly new that I guess you could put it in the the underrated uh, category is Delilah. True. Um, it's we something you know. That, yeah. It's it's in Brickell. It's it's everywhere else. You know, it's, it's in right LA, beside, it's right beside Vegas, spot, yeah. and stuff. But it's different. It's yeah. on the water. On the on yeah, the water. It's there, like yeah. the live music. Cool. Um, no pictures allowed. Oh, cool. And, you know, for a guy like myself, I'm always surrounded by loud music and stuff. I I don't want to be you know vibe dining with music blasts. True. Where I have mm-hmm. to scream you know across the table. Yeah. I like that spot to hang out. You know, with my girl and stuff. Oh, take cool. a client out to dinner or whatever. We gotta check okay. that too. Okay. What is the most underrated skill as a man to have? The most underrated skill as a man to have, man, I would say with the in the world we're living in today is being masculine, bro. Yeah. <laughs> say it, bro. Say yeah. it with your chest. Yeah. Say it with your I chest. I told you I don't want to get into politics and stuff. <laughs> no, but, but that's not political. That's but, just... uh, but yeah, man, being masculine nowadays, I feel yeah. like, you know, they're trying to they're trying to take that away from us, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's what it's all about. We need that. Oh, yeah. Be a that. man. You got to be a man. Man. Yeah, a fucking man. Up. I'm not going to ask you this one because <laughs> yeah. you're, you're just going to get pissed off at me. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of want to know. Now no, 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 there. no. What's the most important skill you've learned in hospitality? The most important skill, man, back to the whole relationship thing is, is learning how to network properly. Yeah. That's, that's the best skill. You know, you could networking that one handshake could change your whole life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's honestly the best skill that I've learned. Okay. Here we got one more here. What was the most memorable moment for you in this club? Oh man, the most, I know there's probably so many, but the most memorable moment I would say was when I sold ten million dollars in real estate for the eleven hotel and residencies across the street. Wow! Yeah, and I'm not even a real estate agent. So you <laughs> yeah. you brokered the deal? I put it all together. Yeah. Holy shit! Yeah, this guy does it all. Yeah, man. I, maybe I get my license one day. I don't, know. <laughs> I don't need it before that. You gotta, yeah. gotta, you know. Yeah, that was the most for me. Yeah. Unreal. But yeah, so the, the 11 residences are coming here. To right well. across the street, yep. 64 floors, 300, don't quote me on it, I think 347 units. Hotel as and residence. Hotel and residencies. Yeah, three towers. Just so a walk smart, away. Bro. Just a walk away. Yeah, tempting. <laughs> um, we like to do this with some of our guests, but we'd like you to manifest something on this show. For yourself. Manifest something for yourself in the future. All right, talk about manifest. Yeah. So I manifested me being on this show. Did before you? Before I even met you guys. Okay. So it's crazy, yeah. So when you guys did... um. The pod with Grutman. Yep. Yes. I saw it. And I'm like, man, you know, Grutman's on this thing. You know, I need to be on this thing. <laughs> yeah. Right? That's that and I immediately followed you guys. And I saw we had a whole bunch of friends in common. And I, I told myself, I go, I'm going to be on that on that podcast one day. And, you know, here we are. Look at that. Yeah. You want to manifest something for the future, though? Maybe the next five years? Something you want to see happen in your life? <sighs> yeah. I want to continue to grow, you know, as a businessman. You know, I want to open up more restaurants, continue to grow here with, with Eleven. And doing what I love to do. Oh yeah, we'll be here with you, bro. We'll be we'll be here with you. No, trust me. No, believe me, we'll be here. Anyway, listen. Um, you know, we're the NBH podcast. We got a famous question, which I'm sure you know it, but I want to know if you believe money buys happiness. Thousand percent. Yeah. Thousand percent. I never met a broke person as happy. It's just it's just straight <laughs> to the facts. You know what I mean? It's, it's not everything. It's, just it's to not the facts. money's not everything. Don't get me wrong. I don't mm-hmm. do things for money. Yes. But money does play a big, it's an important factor mm-hmm. in yes. life. Yeah. And you need money for, you know, for freedom and to have access to certain things, you know, with, with no money, you, you have nothing. Yep. Yeah. Well, you have Just, a family, you're opening up new yeah. businesses, you need money for this stuff. Yeah. Don't, don't get me wrong. Like I'm already rich. I'm, I'm already wealthy. You know, I got a beautiful, healthy family, but you need, you need that money in your bank account, you know, to, to get what you need at the end of the day. Yeah. Take care of everybody. And yeah. to come to 11. 
Oh yeah, <laughs> you're yes. gonna need that money. That's for sure. <laughs> Nick, bro, we appreciate you, man. Yes. Anyone who comes to Miami, they need something at eleven. Need a booking. Need something. Need a table. Hit him up. Yeah, yeah. Your guy. I'm not buying bottles for people anymore. No, no, no. He's not. Doing <laughs> that's that over. I'm not that's buying over. bottles for people anymore. But hit him up. He's I'll a gentleman. He'll take yeah. care of you. He's yeah. been taking care of us. Um, we really appreciate you, bro. No, thank you guys. We're gonna run this back in another year or two. Hundred percent. See where you're at. Thousand percent. You know, congratulations on all the success. Yeah, yes. Appreciate it. Yes, thank guys. You. If you made it this far, you know what to do. Subscribe if you're not subscribed. Like this video. Leave a comment. Leave a couple comments. You're listening. Five stars. Apple, Spotify. Please. And nothing less than five. And that's gonna, it. Nothing. By less the way, we're gonna go enjoy some of this right now. Please do. Yes. 11 branded vodka. Please do. We had to do it. And uh, shout we'll, out Nick. We'll have all of Nick's info in the description. So like you said, hit him up for anything. He'll take care of you guys when you're here. Nick, once again, thank you so much. Oh, we man. appreciate it, brother. And Jay. 